Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live-streamed event this Sunday, our live-streamed church services, and the Walk in Truth podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's our youth and young adult leader, Pastor Matthew Colomi, teaching in Luke 15 about how God loves to reclaim lost people. We're going to be looking at Luke 15, verse 1, and it says this, as it starts setting the scene. It says, And he said, There was a man who had two sons. So Jesus, as he is there with the, the Pharisees, the scribes, the tax collectors, and the sinners, he lays out the parable and he says this There was a man who had two sons. He's giving the characters that we're going to see in this. And the focus here is on the father and his interaction and his reaction to the sons. The father is shown in both sections of the parable, the one that the younger son who was returning from a far country, who comes back, and the returning of the older son from the field. And we could look at this parable and actually do three different sermons looking at each member of the the parable that Jesus is telling. But I love that we can look at the central figure as we see the father is the one who interacts in both sections and shows the love of God. So let's look at the younger son and the father. And it says this in verse 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Verse 13. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. Now, as we're introduced to the younger son who desires to be independent from the father, he asks for his inheritance while the father is still alive. Now, in this culture, sons, and even in our culture, sons would not normally ask for their inheritance as their father is still alive. He's essentially telling his father, look, I actually think of you as dead. Yes, I'm looking at you as dead. I don't think of you as my father anymore. I don't want anything to deal with you. I only want the things that you can give me. And I can't wait any longer. I don't really care about you. I only care the things that you can bestow, that you can give to me. Dr. John R. Dunhu states that the son's request should be considered as a rebellion or a desire for unwanted freedom. And see, the listeners of this time would have thought the the younger son's place was to stay at home, to work hard, and to obey his father, just like we're going to see the the older son does. And and we look, and actually we can see that the Roman audience that is hearing this considers loyal responsibility towards parents as a cornerstone of good behavior and ethics. So that as the younger son requests that he wants his inheritance now, that he's going to cut the cord between him and his family, we're actually going to see he's harming the reputation of his father and actually damaging his status and his wealth, not just in those moments, but maybe in the weeks, the months, maybe forever. And see, that shame... That shameful request of the younger son would show the lack of loyalty to the father. 
I actually was thinking back to my time, and, and, and if you've met my father, he, he may have said something like, uh, hello, good evening tonight um, in the comments, but my father, when I was in high school, uh, had some severe medical issues happen, and one of the things that happened was he uh, became hard of hearing. Now, with that, it would be hard to get my father's attention, even to this day, hard to get my father's attention unless he's looking directly at you. And uh, this is hard to share. Um, I remember as a high school student trying to get my dad's attention. And I call my dad Pops. I call him Father. I call him Dad. But uh, in high school, I would actually look at him sometimes. And, and instead of going, Pops, hey, Dad, hey, and for him to look over at me, I would call him Chris. I would call my dad by his, his first name basis. And, and, and I didn't realize it at the time, but, but there was other people around me that, that would kind of just like, when I say it, kind of give me that like shocked look, like, wait, like that's your dad. But no one would ever say anything until my dad actually caught me. And there was a day where he saw that I called him Chris to get his attention. And he pulled me aside and said, son, I love you, but, but you have to remember who I am to you. I'm your father. Please don't call me by my, my first name. Call me father. Call me dad. Know of our relationship. Enjoy our relationship. And, and, and we're living in a day and age where self-dependency, self-supporting, and self-reliancy are major ideas that we live in, even in this time of, of the Bible. And we can look at certain human rights today that, that we could see, that, that we can understand that some are sinful desires that contradict God's standard of living. And please know, I am not saying that independent thinking is wrong. We may have seasons and certain reasons to think and make decisions that are independent of our parents and our leaders. But I want to be clear about this. But there are no justifications of thinking independently of God. A life that is independent of God is actually a life that is disconnected from his love, from his fellowship, from his communion, from his authority. And in fact, a true independence comes from only when we submit ourselves to his will. And see, as we look at the text, we, we see that the son gathered all that he had. It actually means that he took his inheritance, took everything that the father bestowed on him, including probably cattle and, and land and maybe pottery and jewelry, all the things that he had been given, and he gives it and he puts it to cash. And then we actually see the text talk about he goes to this far country. Now, this far country is an area out of the bounds of Jews. But we see the father's response in letting him go. And see, in the father's response to his son leaving, it shows the father wants to learn, wants the, fa the father wants the son to learn multiple things. One is simply being humble, of being kind, of being respectful, of being patient. I think back to the time when I started calling my dad by his first name. I don't even want to say it anymore. He did it in a kind, loving, respectful way. But, but it was also that he showed me that there are consequences, just like the father wants the younger son to know that there are consequences to our actions. And most importantly, 
that there is, is no true happiness that we can have that comes from the things of this world. Talking about money, I remember thinking and getting my first paycheck. I was out of high school. It was my first job that I had that I got an actual paycheck. And I remember I was working at a pizza joint, so I didn't make that much money. And I actually looked at James tonight, and he had the same shoes that I bought right when I got my first paycheck of pair of white-on-white Air Force Ones. They were about $90. I remember when I got them, too, uh, I was so happy. Like, I laced those shoes up right in the footlocker, and I called my boys up, and I was like, hey, dinner's on me. Let's go. Let's get some food. And we grubbed good, and then I realized all my money was gone. Two-week paycheck. It's going to be another two weeks till I get another paycheck. And I thought the things that I had, the shoes, the, the, the belly full of food was going to make me happy. And then a week later, I'm like, wait, where is my gas money? My shoes, they got dirty. I mean, let's be honest. You can't have white on white shoes without having to clean them. I didn't have anything to clean them with. See, there is a high price that the son had to pay for the lessons that he needed to learn. But we're actually going to see that it was worth it that he learned these. And we know that God is the same like this father, as the father is just an illustration of God. See, he allows his children to wander away because he is not some cruel slave driver who is a bully, who's going to, you know, the, the this and this and me, I've always wanted to do that. Oh, man. But, but he is not some forceful dictator. He, he wants us to understand who he is, the truth of who God is, understanding the love that he has shown through his son, Jesus Christ, that, that we, the, the, the villains of the story, the hero dying for the villain, and through the only, through the shedding of his blood, through the faith by grace, through, through Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, that we have faith in who Jesus was and what he has done, we can have a connection. We can be redeemed. We can stand in front of a holy God. All because of Jesus Christ. And that's the lesson. See, God shows us the joy of who he is so that we might offer ourselves to him freely. But see, like me, with a belly full of food and dirty shoes, as we pick up in the second part of verse 13, it says there, And there he squandered his property on reckless living. And when he had spent everything, see, the sum simply engaged in, a, in an amount of reckless spending. He wasted his wealth on wild living. I mean, man, hey, I ate good for one night. I still had 13 other nights to go through. Thank God I had parents there that, that fed me. I didn't have enough money to, sh- to, to clean my shoes. I still had shoes on my feet, though. See, the younger sons here, his pleasures lasted only a season because as soon as that season was over, he lost everything. And see, in this context, in Jewish culture, preserving family relationships was of the utmost value. It wasn't having, you know, all these crazy, intricate, nice things. Preserving 
The family relationships were of the utmost value. And he had ruptured his family ties to pursue his own selfish interests. Join Pastor Michael Lance at the next 633 event about navigating the times we are now living in with the coronavirus. We have this tremendous panel. These are professors from Biola University, like Dr. Jacob Daniel, Dr. Jim Johansson, and Tony Costello, who has an MA degree in apologetics and in theology. Some brilliant theologians, Mike Massaro, the voice of Walk in Truth, and yours truly, Pastor Michael Lance, will be there. We'll be part of a panel to take your questions and to help you navigate the times. Navigating the Times will be live streamed on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel on Sunday, May 17th at 6.33 p.m. Subscribe for free today so you know when we're live. Visit walkingtruth.com and click on church. That's walkingtruth.com and click on church. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Again, that's step closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text step closer as one word to 33222. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Walk in Truth. So though we might offer ourselves to Him freely, but see, like me, with a belly full of food and dirty shoes, as we pick up in the second part of verse 13, it says there, and there he squandered his property on reckless living. And when he had spent everything, see, the son simply engaged in in an amount of reckless spending. He wasted his wealth on wild living. I mean, man, hey, I ate good for one night. I still had 13 other nights to go through. Thank God I had parents there that that fed me. I didn't have enough money to to, to clean my shoes. I still had shoes on my feet, though. See, the younger sons here, his pleasures lasted only a season because as soon as the season was over, he lost everything. And see, in this context, in Jewish culture, preserving family relationships was of the utmost value. 
It wasn't having, you know, all these crazy, intricate, nice things. Preserving the family relationships was of the utmost value. And he had ruptured his family ties to pursue his own selfish interests. I mean, I think of all the times that, that I got in my truck, the same truck that I drive today, and got in arguments with my family and said, you know what, I'm over this place, and just drove off. And, and, and to be honest, there were times where I was like, man, I just don't want to be with them. And you may feel like that. There may be times where you're just mad at God. And you're like, I want nothing to do with you. I just want... To. But let's look at the rest of the verse as we see what happens to the son. Picking it up in the second part of verse 14. A severe famine arose in the, in the country, and he began to be in need, verse 15. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs, verse 16. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one, no one gave him anything. See, not too long after he lost everything, he finds himself in a demeaning job feeding the swine, feeding pigs. Now, in this culture, Jews considered pigs to be unclean animals. And actually, people would, would, would try to get Jews to eat pig's flesh as a means of, of renouncing their faith. See, we see that the, the son is longing to feed as a way of saying what state of poverty he is in. And it's crazy to see that, that as the text says, uh, verse 15, so, that went, so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country. This is someone who was a Gentile. As he is working for a Gentile, even the Gentile values giving the pigs more food, giving not just more, but just giving food to the pigs than to the younger son. I mean, talk about despair. Talk about literally having nothing. And he'd fallen so low and become so insignificant to everyone. It's like we're seeing him wallow in his sins in the wallows of the pigs. And it's like we get to this point where we're just in the mud. I remember my own small group leader as I was a student in a youth, um, youth ministry, Randy Congo. He would tell me this story about a uh, friend of his. He actually went to the friend's house, and the, the friend had a son who was taking a nap. And, and please know this story. Uh, Pastor Michael just left so I could share the story. Um, it, it is a little grotesque, so you may want to just, yeah, um, just a heads up. The son was taking a nap. Randy and his friend were talking, and the nap time was over, so the friend and Randy went into the room to wake up the son, to actually realize the son was awake. And the son was enjoying painting the wall in his room. Now, this is a young, very, very young child. Now, this is where it gets gross. The son, to, to, to mark, to paint on the walls, was actually reaching behind to grab something out of his diaper and spreading it on the wall. See, the son 
was realizing, and not even realizing it, that he was enjoying something just disgusting, something so nasty. I think of this as the son was, was the younger son was in this state of despair. He had spent everything, and now he is like, whoa, what is going on? And I remember Randy telling me the story of the father picking up his son, taking him over to the changing table, and caring for the son, cleaning him up, loving on his son, even in his mess. And what Randy remembers the most is actually looking at the son. And he said, for some reason, that the son's smile was bigger as the father was caring for him. See, it's that love the father gives to the son that just changes everything. And as we read verse 17, we actually see the awaken of his affections for the father. And we pick it up in verse 17. It says this, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Verse 19, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. See, as right here, we, we hear the son's inner monologue acknowledging his sin and his desire to return home, suggesting that this, this sad, heartbreaking state that has caused him to remember heaven, to remember his father, to repent and fall on his knees. See, when it says, when it's, it says he came to himself, it shows that he snapped out of, of what he was going through. And this marks the beginning of repentance. Repentance, a, a, a literal 180-degree turn, meaning I am walking this way. I, I realize the truth. I turn 180 degrees, and I start walking in a different direction. It is acknowledging and turning. See, this image of returning is also tied to repentance throughout Scripture. And in this context, the tax collectors and the sinners have gathered around Jesus because, he had repent, because they had repented. And, and their meals were simply celebrations of God's grace and forgiveness. See, Luke's gospel highlights that the tax collectors were responding to the preaching and the baptizing of John that he called them to repentance. See, it's until the sun arises and returns home. It's rising and returning. It's him going to a far-off country, realizing what he has done, acknowledging before heaven and the Father, I have sinned against you. I desire you. And Father, I'm going to return to you. I've screwed up, but you show me grace. You show me forgiveness. See, repentance must be combined with action. The sun's rising is the beginning of his transformation from death to life, from sickness to health, from being sleeped or sleeping to awakened. See, this parable is not about 
fully of the son's repentance, but of the love of the father. See, it is the love of the father that draws the son to return home because the son remembers the love and goodness of the father. It is the love and goodness of the father. You've been listening to God Loves to Reclaim Lost People, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, a teaching in Luke 15 by our youth and young adult leader, Pastor Matthew Colomi. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, which includes a time of worship, you can subscribe to our Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com and click on church. And make sure you click the bell icon after you subscribe to our YouTube channel because then you'll be notified every time Pastor Michael goes live, like tomorrow evening. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time, our church has a service and you're invited to join. Also, another reminder that Pastor Michael, a few other guests from Biola University, as well as myself, will be discussing how you can navigate these crazy times we're living in. Now, I know some places are starting to open again, but we're not quite back to normal. So we're going to talk about what is normal. Should we be going back to the way things were? We'll be discussing that and any questions you might have. You'll be able to anonymously submit your questions in real time during the event while you're watching. Again, it's a free live streamed interactive event and it's called Navigating the Times. And it's this Sunday at 6.33 p.m. Pacific. You can find our YouTube channel and more details when you visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Now, come back tomorrow for part two of Pastor Matthew's teaching in Luke 15 about how God loves to reclaim lost people. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth today. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, bless, and equip you during these crazy times. God bless.